were not designed to raise children by ourselves. A child needs more than just one hug, you know? It breaks my heart and it makes me angry that you have to take time out of your lives um, because of our state laws to do this. It shouldn't be this way. God trust me. Honestly, that's all I can say is God trust me. As the battle over abortion rights rages across America, lives are at stake. Barriers to reproductive health care access have forced many people to travel long distances across state lines, to freedom of choice, for their body, for their future, and for ours. You'll hear the stories from those seeking abortion care and the heroes who help them along the way, one journey at a time. This is Crossing the Line. Portions of this podcast were recorded prior to the overturn of Roe v. Wade. More breaking news that could have a big impact on Texas women. The state legislature in Oklahoma passing a law today that makes performing an abortion in that state a felony. Texas's strict new abortion law took effect, affecting thousands of Texas women, some of whom are now crossing state lines to get the procedure. Many women will now have to travel hundreds of miles to get an abortion as more states pass bans. In early 2022, following Texas's lead, at least nine states restricted access to abortion in some way. Pregnant individuals were forced to travel farther and wait longer time periods for abortion care. As a result, many states, including New Mexico, Louisiana, Nevada, and Arizona, are being flooded with out-of-state patients. Well, there's one thing that we know for sure, and that is making abortion illegal or inaccessible doesn't make the need for it go away, right? That folks will still need it, um, and they will do what they can um, to find access to it. Dr. Colleen McNicholas is one of the many reproductive health care providers who accepts patients who cross state lines to seek an abortion. And so uh, what happens when half the country loses access? Well, we're going to be facing a health care and public health crisis in this country like we've never seen before. And so when we think about who is most affected by these bans and regulations, it is always going to be those who are already living sort of on the margins, folks who are unhoused, uninsured, have financial insecurity. Um, These are the folks who shoulder the burden of these abortion restrictions. People like a young mother from Texas named Ajene, who has chosen to use her real name for this story. I'm 27. I have three children currently. My oldest is 10, my daughter is 7, and my youngest is 2. My oldest and my youngest are both boys, and my children are freaking amazing. They're awesome. And yeah, my kids don't have everything, you know, but they have everything that they need. And so I do have to work a lot. Good morning. I was about to ask that. Okay, good, good, good. Let me see. I'm going to wrap around on the other side of this desk, and that'll help me figure it out, okay? One moment. So I work in hospitality. I work overnight at the hotel. I also am a massage therapist, and I also volunteer for a daycare as well. Hey, question. Do you have the fax machine in your office or is it in Ms. Ben- uh, Ms. LaQuinta's office? Um, did we get a fax for Eric? Awesome. Awesome. Do you need me to put it in? Okay, I'll come grab it. One moment. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. 
good. Absolutely. You're so sweet for that. I appreciate you for following the circle getting it complete. Yep, we'll get them all checked in, okay? And although I do struggle financially, me and my children, we are very, very happy. And you don't have to have money to have fun. And that was something that I've been able to teach my children, which is why they are so happy, because we have so much fun without money. Ajne gets zero child support from her children's father. So after working the hotel graveyard shift, she goes home to grab a few hours of sleep before heading back out for her second job. And now this black single mother of three is pregnant, and having another child would be financially disastrous. According to the Guttmacher Institute, quote, black women are three times more likely as white women to experience an unintended pregnancy due to difficulties that many women in minority communities face in accessing high-quality contraceptive services, end quote. It definitely was not planned. To know the challenge that I already have raising my kids by myself, this is not a time for me to be able to go through with this. Having a fourth child right now would really put me beyond upside down. I mean, upside down, covered up, turned around again, sideways, and then like just sat on. Thank you for calling Southwestern Women's Surgery Center. This is Jenna, how can I help you? Southwestern Women's Surgery Center, this is Heidi, how may I help you? Okay, that's not a problem. I can definitely make you an appointment. Do you know the first day of your last period? So March 3rd, that would put you approximately at about six weeks into your pregnancy. So that would mean that we may not be able to see you here at our clinic um, just because you may be too far. Between punching in and out at her two jobs, Ajane makes time to head over to the Southwestern Woman's Surgery Center to see what her options are. Unfortunately, the sonogram reveals that she is no longer legally allowed to get an abortion in Texas. I don't understand this decision. Like, what benefit is gained from this? It's just a power thing. It's just the control. It's controlling other people's lives. <laughs> this is so sad. Could you imagine me being forced to have a child with someone that I know for a fact is not someone who will be a part of my life forever. We were not designed to raise children by ourselves. A child needs more than just one hug, you know? The clinic provides Ajane a list of other family planning centers that may be able to help her, but it'll be up to Ajane to figure out how to get there and how to pay for it. And on this list, there's different locations, but every location is out of the state of Texas. And so that's why I began calling the clinic in um, Atlanta, the clinic in uh, two clinics in D.C. and the clinic in Shreveport as well to inquire the details I needed to make this decision. I'm sitting in a clinic and I'm crying as I'm calling, what do I need to do to get an abortion? Definitely I was very panicked and really not knowing what my solution to this huge problem was going to be. I am going to be paying $700 for a round-trip ticket, and I'm going to be paying over $300 for an abortion in a whole different state, because the state I live in does not believe that Texas citizens should actually have a right over their bodies. I would literally pay for an abortion before I pay my rent. With options running out, Ajane is told about another possible solution to her predicament. 
The Center runs a unique travel program in partnership with clergy from the nearby First Unitarian Church of Dallas that specifically helps low-income individuals receive safe abortion care. Every other week, 20 individuals are shepherded across state lines with all costs covered by private donations. This lady just told me that there's a program that I could qualify at no cost and I'd fly to New Mexico with a group of women and then fly back. But they had a quota that they, they could only send. I think it was 10 ladies for the pill and 10 ladies for a procedure. There was only a few slots left to receive the pill. And they told me that they were leaving Friday. Ajene is told if she can manage to get off work and find childcare in just a few short days, a spot in the program can be hers. She decides she will try to make it work. It's Thursday night, only 12 hours until departure, and Ajene is tucking her kids into bed before she heads to her overnight shift at the hotel. Ajene's mom has come from another state to watch her grandkids while Ajene is gone on her journey to New Mexico. Give me a kiss. We'll get it fixed, okay? I love you so much. Hang out with Emma. When you guys wake up in the morning, maybe make her some breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, I love you. And if I'm not here when you wake up, call me. Okay? Not stay up all night. At dawn, Ajene's mom will drive her to the first Unitarian Church parking lot, where she'll meet up with 19 fellow travelers. But Ajene is apprehensive. Leaving my kids tonight was really hard, you know. In my mind, I'm thinking, is this the last time I'm gonna say goodnight to my kids? Because I'm literally flying to New Mexico with 20 women not knowing if I'm going to return back alive. I literally asked three times before, like, has every woman that has gone out there on these trips with y'all come back? Ajne's fears are not uncommon. Reverend Deneen is one of the clergy members who regularly escorts individuals to New Mexico. She discusses with some colleagues how the generosity of a free trip has caused some patients to fear the journey may be cover for something more sinister. The last time I went, um, two, two people told me that their parents said to them, are you sure you want to do this? Because you know they're kidnapping girls now and they are putting them in the sex trade. Are you sure that that's not what this is? This is not a gimmick for that? And the girl said, the young woman said, I don't care if it is. I need to get this abortion, so I'm gonna go. Yeah, isn't that it's something? That, that's on your mind. And, and you would, you're so desperate to get an abortion that you come anyway. We know how much we can take. Every woman knows what their limits are. They should respect our women. Which is why, yeah, we say trust black women, because we do know what we need and how to take care of ourselves and what our capacity is. Ajene knows she's already at capacity working two jobs to provide for her kids. So, truth of the matter is, 
Um, ugh, gosh, life is so horrible. I am still actually late on my rent. So here we are, another month is coming in and I'm going to pay finally the rent that's owed and now owe another month's rent in the same day. <laughs> I just purchased a car. Now I'm pregnant, you know, what? I was really excited about <laughs> what was to come because a barrier had been me being without a car for so long, you know. Um, now finally I've climbed over a barrier I've had for many years and now I'm placed with another one. I can't be pregnant with this kid right now. My goal currently is to get my massage license for the state of Texas, yes. It's like effortless income. Like when you're able to really do something that you really love, it's all, I gotta do it, gotta do it. But yeah, I gotta do that before I bring in another baby. Because I knew that having an abortion was the decision that I was going to, to take. So at this point it was like, whatever it takes, I'm gonna make sure I do this. She finishes her overnight shift at the hotel, but when the exhausted mother parks in the lot of her apartment complex, she immediately falls asleep. You know, I pull into my complex to get my mother, so that way she can drive me to the church. But before I get out the car, I fall asleep, like sleep. In a matter of seconds, I'm knocked out. I couldn't have been asleep for, for too long. My mother comes banging on the door. And so um, I jump up. She comes and gets in the driver's seat. And we were there so quick. I actually am a Christian. And there was a time where I felt all Christians were the biggest judges like on, in the world because there was so much you could not do in order to feel accepted, you know, in the community of Christianity. Like pulling up to the church, I'm thinking, I, I am going to be judged as soon as I step foot out of this car. I don't know if these people are going to try to chastise me, if they are going to just, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect. And I pull up to the church and I'm welcomed with open arms, literally. But I hugged the first lady um, immediately. As soon as she seen me, her arms were ready for me to hug. And so that was really beautiful. I know as soon as I get here, I'm not the only one who feels the same energy of love um, and empathy, and which is so needed at this time of vulnerability, for sure. I'm a mother, and I imagine some of you might be mothers too. So if you're missing your kids today while we travel and you just want to tell somebody about them, I'd love to see their pictures or hear your stories or just hear their names. That's Chaplain Aaron, one of the activist clergy members who is accompanying the individuals on this trip to New Mexico. I'm part of an interfaith group of chaplains and ministers that are answering our call by accompanying people at this important time in their life. And so my job is to um, inspire and activate and organize Unitarian Universalists across the state of Texas to do justice work. It's not just us. There are people across mm -hmm. all faith traditions who believe in your right to choose, your right to determine your own life. We believe that you're making a sacred choice for your own life. And, that, and that's a beautiful thing. And that's not to minimize that it's hard. 
and that it might be going against some of the beliefs of your own family or friends, and so we know that that's hard. Um, but the people who are opposed to abortion are very loud in our culture, um, particularly religiously, and so it's actually really important that people like myself bring our voices to it as well to say, like, you know, people of faith, that's not what we all believe, right? A lot of us believe that um, abortion is a right and that there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, the population that is solely against it doesn't help. But um, it is a, a decision that holds very great value, whether it be a diagnosed medical condition that will not be helpful to the parent or to the child, or whether it be, you know, just a personal decision that should be made for whatever it is. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of places in society that will tell young women or trans people or, you know, all kinds of people that, that they don't they don't have the wisdom or they don't matter or someone else knows better. And I just think it's really important that we affirm among ourselves that we do know ourselves best. Amen. Well, and what I told someone that I was talking to today who was really wrestling with the decision, I could hear in her all of the strength and wisdom and just knowing that whatever she chose, that she would live into that decision and make it the right one with the way she would live her life, whichever way she decided to choose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I just want to make sure that, you know... (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I mean, I just, it breaks my heart and it makes me angry that you have to take time out of your lives um, because of our state laws to do this. You know, I want to keep that in mind, right? Um, That you shouldn't have to do this. You should, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this way. You know, it's a medical procedure that should be without so much um, judgment and political theater, right? It's your lives. So I just also want to keep that in mind as grateful as I am for the chance to be here with you. Next, the group catches a ride share to the airport. Thank you for your business. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Thanks for waiting for us. I appreciate your kindness, sir. After they take the two-hour-plus flight to Albuquerque, Anjane and the group head to the local offices of the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, or RCRC New Mexico. The RCRC's mission is to advocate for reproductive choice, health rights, and justice. The group works in conjunction with clergy like Reverend Aaron to support the needs of those seeking abortion services. For Ajene, it's a sign she's made the right choice. God trusts me. Honestly, that's all I can say is God trusts me. That's so powerful. I mean, to me, that's the message for people of faith around believing the divine and making a divine choice of how to live your life. Mm. And God trusts you. No one can know your needs better than you and in your own relationship. I'm sure there's so much more, you know. My purpose being here is more than just me. At the office, the group meets with the RCRC team who'll be there to support them as needed throughout the day. Everybody good in here? There's coffee if you need it. So how does the process work? Are you already taking ladies back? So we have another volunteer. If more volunteers coming, um, we'll take care of everything. We'll get you to your appointment. We'll pick you up. We'll have lunch. Thank you, guys. 
Sure thing. When Ajene and her group arrive at the clinic, they encounter anti-abortion protesters and are quickly escorted inside. To fearlessly proclaim the truth of scripture, denouncing the murder of unborn children. Praise God! Thank you, Jesus! I mean, praise God. So many families will be saved now because of this. Hello, how are you? Ajene. Okay, perfect. Just need your ID. Can you take a seat on the couch right in here? My name's Anya. I'm gonna be kind of checking in with you first. So right off the bat, any questions about anything? Um, how long ago should I start taking place within my body? So the first step, which you're gonna take right now with our um, provider, it has to be in your system for at least 24 hours. Okay. So we take it right now. It's like 10:45. So you can't take the second set of medications until at least 10.45 tomorrow. Okay. Um, but you do have a window, so starting at that time, you have 24 hours. So to you take can it. decide okay. when you want to take it. So think of like any time tomorrow, late morning, all the way until the next day. So should I take that and the uh, pain medication at the same time? That's usually what we say. Okay. Um, other people place the medication in their gum and then like, a couple hours go by and nothing really has happened and then little by little some cramping some bleeding we say on average um within six hours once you place the medication mm -hmm. um so give yourself that time like plan it out so you're like okay once i put in these pills i'm go i'm home i'm not trying to do anything I'm not right, anywhere. right 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 like six hours sometimes that means for people especially if you have kids or something that you might want to do it at night like so tomorrow night okay um just sleep through some of it or just okay chilling. All of this is going to be written on your instructions which okay. we'll go through okay um so it'll also be pretty clear but yeah that's kind of the process then our nurse is going to follow up with you in about a week to 14 days so one week to check okay. in see how things went if it sounds like everything went according to plan then they will um, have you take some pregnancy tests okay. um, but you do need to wait a good chunk of time like if you take it too soon that hormone does linger in your system even though they're you're not pregnant anymore so you don't want to freak yourself out and take it too soon because it's going to kind of run positive for at least a couple weeks mm -hmm. um so at three weeks after you've placed the pills you'll take one if that one's clear you're good if it's still kind of a faint positive that can happen so we'll just ask you to take the, the second one in a week and drink a lot of water flush the hormones out of your system if that one is still coming out positive at that point then we may need to do more follow-up with you but okay how do you feel about those protesters like y'all can't <laughs> do nothing about that huh no the, it's freedom of speech on mm. the sidewalk but as soon as, as soon as they put their toe on our property then it's trespassing have you been doing this for a long time yeah it's here about seven years now girl you're strong <laughs> You're strong, it's for sure. And like, you can't be judgmental. If Even if you were started being judgmental, just like, you know what's best for your life, you know? Yeah, like, people know what they need to do. Although I'm glad you got into the program. <laughs> Me too. And everything worked Me out. too. Yeah. Me too, for sure. Because, girl, yes, <laughs> I am definitely grateful. Let me go get your provider. She's going to come in here, see if you have any questions. She'll give okay. you the pill to swallow. I'll bring you the Zofran first. Okay. And then... um. Once I come back in, I'll kind of get you everything you need. Sounds like a plan. Before meeting with a doctor to start the medication procedure, Ajene recognizes someone from earlier in the week at the Dallas clinic. How are you? <laughs> I've seen you, huh? In Dallas. Oh, nice. Nice. Oh, Good to see you. <laughs> 
this, this is where I work. Okay. So I was just in Dallas for the day. Oh, How you feeling? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it was eventful. I worked overnight. So working and then coming here by morning, you know, it was kind of like, ah. But I knew I was like, I have to do this. And so everything worked out. Catch little naps when I can. <laughs> Any moments of silence. I'm taking advantage of it, okay? <laughs> so I was there to sort of observe and learn some things. Um, and I'm a midwife, so. Oh um, my gosh, I love you. That's my goal. Yeah? That's my end goal. Yeah, yeah, it is. My last child, I had him at a birthing center with a midwife. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my that's my personal yeah. goal. So we'll see how life, how God plans our life to truly be, you know? But it truly is a, a desire. So we'll yeah. just keep working at it, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, we need more midwives of color. For sure. You know, midwives are like 95% white. How long have you practiced? Uh, I've been a midwife for 12 years. Wow. In the hospital. Nice. It's caring for people. You know, it's about being with people in whatever journey they're on. And so it feels really fulfilling to be here, just like it was really fulfilling to be there. What's your favorite story? You know, honestly, I think the thing that I find most fulfilling is when people mm, feel heard. I think all my career I've had people be like, you know, this is the first time anyone's ever listened to me or gave me a choice or whatever it is um and that's always the most fulfilling you know? that's beautiful yeah. that's beautiful that's life-changing oh you're following your purpose girl i certified to be a doula um two years ago it was really awesome actually it would be hard to do when you live in texas a lot of work like you know, we have Still. abortion doulas here. Interesting, I had no idea, wow. Yeah, one of four places in the country that offer third trimester terminations. Oh, wow. Um, that's hard. Yeah. Well, you certified here, as a doula, you, there are options for you out there. For sure. It's hard, but I know. It's hard. It, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Having the support system definitely matters, you know? So I, I feel like in, do, in timing, in God's timing, I try to be very patient. I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose. Not the way that I thought, but the way that I'm supposed to. So. A doctor enters the room and administers the first of two pills to Ajene. I took the pill. Um, so I feel perfectly fine, you know. They were very uh, explanatory throughout the whole process, so I was very appreciative of it. So, um, yeah, I guess within 24 hours is when I'll begin my second, you know, dose. Mm -hmm. You feel okay? I feel perfectly fine. Yeah. Nice. They were on purpose, each one of them, even from this morning from the church. Everyone was, was very passionate. And even, you know, being transparent, um, so super beautiful, dedicated ladies. It's so crazy how many different people are involved in making this happen. You know, I'm not sure if, it, if everyone met before or not, but like how everyone literally just seamlessly is willing to help, I think is incredible. It's crazy that this even existed, but I'm, I'm grateful, definitely grateful. For Chaplain Aaron, it's a calling that she feels compelled to continue. This group of about 20 people, it was just the most powerful thing to spend the day with y'all. And so whatever path somebody took to get to this day, just to be able to do it in community and have so much support and the way that you all support each other, you know, some people spent time talking and laughing. Other people spent time quietly reflecting or resting. Um, I just felt like everyone could be themselves in this group. I hope it felt that way to them, but that's what it it, it felt like to me to witness, you know, just how are y'all feeling now? Are you feeling okay? 
Okay. I just want to make sure that, you know. <laughs> well, I heard you say in the car earlier, um, God trusts me. Amen. And I thought that was so powerful. And I just feel like I, I believe that. I believe that if for those of you who believe in God, God trusts you. And no one knows you better than you. During the drive back to the Albuquerque airport, Anjanae calls her mother to check up on her kids. Hello. Good, we just now leaving the clinic. No, we're going back to the safe place. Some of them got the procedure, some of us just got the pill. So yes, I did let Ms. Johnson know that uh, to pick the kids up. Before boarding the flight back to Dallas, Chaplain Aaron and Anjanae lead the group in a prayer circle outside the airport. Heavenly Father, and I pray that we are reminded to seek the things that we desire, because we deserve that, Father God. I thank you for the forgiveness that you apply to everyone, everyone's life. I thank you for our healing and our growth, Heavenly Father. We love you so much, so much, God. Use me and continue to bless me to bless others, Heavenly Father. I thank you. We all thank you, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to offer in the spirit of the very diverse experiences that brought everyone here today, a blessing on the next chapter for the lives of these incredible people that have been a part of this day. Just bless their wisdom and their courage and their strength as they move forward into this next chapter of their lives, knowing the compassion for themselves and for the world that they display as they make their own wise choices in life. Back in Dallas, Drained after a long day, and despite the medication starting to kick in, Anjanae has no time to rest. It's almost 9 p.m., and she has to soon go back to work her nighttime shift. Literally <laughs> exhausted. I, but I still need to keep moving. I get home and have just enough time to shower, change, and get back out of the door, and I'm at work around 11. And this time I work until 7 a.m. And the whole night, I my body is definitely feeling weird. Um, I feel like not yet hard cramping, but maybe like nauseous, you know? And as soon as I got off of work, I took the next pill that I was supposed to take. And within moments, my body felt like I should just crumble up into a ball, a fetal position, just crumble up. The medication abortion procedure is a success, and Ajene has a new outlook on her future. I believe this experience was on purpose. It was for me to encounter, whether it is to help other women um, with my voice or whether it was just for me. I was told in New Mexico that there were um, abortion doulas there in the clinic, and I had no idea that that was even a thing. I was like, wow, this is all about my women. But I believe my mission is to support all of my women. And this was the path that I needed to take in order to be exposed to that. So um, definitely, definitely taking continuing education classes to be able to provide those services as well. But for now, I am so grateful um, to support not only um, women birthing all birth choices, they don't know what we're capable of, 
we don't even know what we're capable of until we all get together and show them. And this is not the end. It can't be. This is Crossing the Line. Some names have been changed to protect the identities of those participating. Since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, Texas's Governor Abbott has proposed a bill that would make it a federal crime to seek an abortion across state lines. This podcast was brought to you by Population Media Center. Executive producers are Lisa Caruso and Alex Demonenko. Co-producer is Kathleen Bedoya and associate producer is Dominica Ruelas. This episode is field produced by Joanna Friedman with production services provided by Red Cup Agency and story producing by Olivia Almer. Research assistance is provided by Sarah Field Bullion with production coordinating by June Neely. Impact strategy is led by Charity Twos and original music is by Valerie Ortiz. Narration read by Tatiana St. Fard. Special thanks to the Southwestern Women's Surgery Center in Dallas, Texas, Southwestern Women's Options in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Dr. Curtis Boyd and Dr. Glenna Boyd, the First Unitarian Church of Dallas, and all the volunteers. Also, thanks to the New Mexico Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, Dr. Colleen McNicholas, and Planned Parenthood. And of course, to all those who shared their stories with us. An additional thank you to our partners, Power to Decide, AbortionFinder.org, and Plan C Pills. Check out ctlpod.com for new episodes, abortion resources, and information on how to take action. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.